Hey everyone, this is Jackknife. Welcome to another bonus episode of The Cutting Edge 2023-24 Weekly Rangers Recap. And as it's the time of this recording, like last well, like last night, I didn't feel like waiting till I was at work tomorrow to record this little bonus episode. I'm waiting I'm recording this right after the game, just like the disaster the Jets had last night, but this was this is a much more positive episode. I mean, that's usually how it goes when you compare talking about the New York Rangers as opposed to the ongoing permanent state of futility that is the New York Jets. But I'm not going to depress you talking about them. I want to talk to you about the New York Rangers, who are currently nine two and one after twelve games played in this season. Where I last left you, the Rangers had three games coming up against the Carolina Hurricanes, the Minnesota Wild, and the Detroit Red Wings. And the Rangers got a five out of a possible six points tonight, uh, after tonight, rather. They are on an eight-game point streak, and they are, for the most part, passing all the tests. There are some blemishes they need to fix. I'll get into that in a little bit. First game was against the Carolina Hurricanes on November second. That was a that this was a big test for the Rangers. the The Carolina Hurricanes are the team. I'm pretty sure I said in the last episode the team I picked to win the Stanley Cup, and the Rangers and came out of there with a two one win. But what the but the main storyline after that game is the fact that after an knee-on-knee collision with Sebastian Ajo that Adam Fox is now on long-term IR. Not only that, Philip Heedle suffered an injury that game. He's going to be on – he's is on IR, I should say. And Igor Shosturkin, not on IR, but a little banged up. He stayed in the whole game, and he stopped 26 of the 27 Carolina shots. And the Rangers were able to hold on – for a win, Will Cooley with a huge go-ahead goal in the third, answering the bell. And I think the best part about this game was it was based after the Ajo hit on Lafreniere. Excuse me, Lafreniere. After the Ajo hit on Fox, the Rangers would not let Ajo forget about that. And I absolutely love Jacob Truba's comments after the game. Like, I got to fight people after every clean hit I throw. I think it's only fair that Sebastian Ajo answered the bell. And you can make an argument that Ajo wasn't trying to injure Fox. Sure. But he for sure was trying to impede on Fox's lane. He knew he was about to – Fox was about to be all alone in the slot. So he stuck his knee out. And interfered with him. And how the hell that wasn't called an interference, I'll never know. But the Rangers came out with a 2-1 win. And the ne- it was on to the next one. They passed that test against a great team. Now, they were, now they're taking a test of adversity. Who's going to be the next man up? Because guess what? Losing Igor for... These couple games stinks, though Quicks answered the bell. Losing Phil Heedle stinks. You know, he trying to get him going. He's played well, but still hasn't found the back of the net. But losing Adam Fox is really bad. 
he's arguably the most important player on the Rangers. I mean, leading the quarterbacking, the power play, you know, where the Rangers get most of their goals, second in the league before and after tonight's game. Losing Fox is not good for that power play success. Don't get me wrong, Eric Gustafson has quarterbacked power plays under Peter Lavilov before, but yeah, he's not anywhere near the caliber of the Norris Trophy winner that is Adam Fox. They then went to Minnesota to take on the Minnesota Wild. I mean, I don't get the scheduling, whoever came up with this schedule. I mean, the Rangers had their five-game Western Canada road trip. Five-game road trip, you know, with a start in Seattle, then, you know, four Western-most Canadian cities. Then they come home for one game. Then they go back out there to Minnesota. In Minnesota, for those of you who aren't very familiar with geography, Minnesota and Manitoba, where the Winnipeg Jets play, they're relatively close to each other. I think it made... I don't think it made sense for the Rangers to come back home just to go back out to Minnesota. But the Rangers were out, head out there, not only without the guys I mentioned above before getting hurt in the game against the Hurricanes, they were without Barkley Goodrow, who just became a dad. Congratulations, Barkley. I, I did see one idiot on Twitter, you know, shitting on him for going to be with his wife for the birth of their son. I'm like, dude. Just no. I'm not talking about it, but yeah, no Fox, no Igor, no Heedle, no Goudreau. The Rangers, again, had to pass this test. And for a time, it looked like they did. They went up 3 nothing relatively quickly into the third period. Like just under seven minutes gone by in the third period, the Rangers went up 3 nothing. Then they began to take a lot of penalties. And then... Minnesota got two quick ones in the second. Then in the third, just two minutes prior to two minutes gone by, Walter Matt Zuccarello deflected a shot in. And then just over five minutes, and it's gone by in the third. Rossi, Rossi, however you pronounce his last name, puts the wild up ahead four to three. Chris Kreider would tie it just over a minute later. And the game would go to overtime. And I'll admit, I didn't see the overtime. And then into the shootout, but where the Minnesota Wild came out on top. Now, shots on goal, 39-18 to 18 in favor of the Wild. Compare that to the last game they game prior against the Hurricanes. The Hurricanes only shot, outshot the Rangers by one, 27-26. And the general consensus after the game with the fans was they're lucky you take the point and move on. They stole a point this game, given how the Wild played, which I guess at face value, that's true when you look at that stat sheet. But when you're up 3 nothing, 3 nothing, man, in the first period, you can't just sit back and allow them to get back into the game. That, I mean, that's unacceptable. Minnesota's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. As it stands right now at the time of this recording, they are in a second wild card spot in the Western Conference. They beat the Islanders tonight, 4-2. to two. We'll be playing them again on Thursday. And I'll talk about their game next week. But good teams have to know how to handle the pushback. And I got to 
say the Brandon Schneider and Zach Jones line just couldn't hack it that night. This line combination of Jones and Schneider that Gallant put together, I personally don't think I personally don't think it makes any sense. It seems a lot of other people don't think it makes sense either because they're both very young guys, and I don't like the thought of Braden Schneider, who's played very well this season, getting broken up from Gustafson. Personally, I think, you know, Zach Jones, he's nowhere near as good as Adam Fox. He's kind of like a diet Adam Fox. I'd say kind of does make sense to slot him onto the top defensive unit. He's got Lindgren with him, who's, you know, he's got five years or so under his belt now. I mean, I think he could complement Jones's offensive capabilities with his defensive play, kind of be a cushion for Zach Jones. Maybe that gives him the freedom to be a little creative with the puck and show the potential that he has. Well, anyway, a point stolen, but at the same time, a point squandered to that game. The next game tonight against the Detroit Red Wings, Barkley Goodrow came back and early, just two under two minutes into the game, Vincent truck check scores and the rate into the second period, the Rangers were just walking all over the Detroit Red Wings at this game. They outshot in the first two periods. They outshot the Red Wings 26 to 12 with goals from in the second period goals from Kreider on the tip in. That's his ninth goal of the season. He's leading the NHL in power play goals. And I don't have the stat right in front of me. He's very, he's high on the list in tip in goals too. Cause that's what type of goal it was. Shochek got another one on the power play, like shortly after, cause Detroit took another penalty. Artemi Panarin now with a 12 game point streak and this goal, by the way, set up by absolute gritty play by Lafreniere down low, battling along the boards just to set up Panarin, kind of all alone in front, snipes by Husso and 4 nothing Rangers. And then another tip-in, not by the tip master, Chris Kreider, this time by Will Cooley, by the aforementioned Jones and Schneider line, who looked much better through the first two periods of this game. So surely this was going to be a comfortable, Surely this is going to be a comfortable win for the Rangers, right? Well, our assholes did pucker up a little bit in the third period after the Detroit Red Wings' fourth line scored two goals in 20 seconds. And then off of a line change at 13:49, old friend Andrew Kopp takes advantage of the Rangers on a line change and snaps it by Jonathan Quick to make it a 5-3 game. I'm like, oh, God, are you doing this again? The Detroit Red Wings outshot the Rangers... 16 to 6 in the third period. The Rangers still outshot them 26 to 28 overall in the game and were able to hold on for the win. But two games in a row, like you got to be concerned about the Rangers, you know, and their ability to protect these big, big leads because that's two games in a row. They've got off the huge leads and their opponents scored at least three unanswered goals. But a win is a win. Next week, they play the Minnesota or when I catch up with you again next week, I should say they'll play the Minnesota wild and the Columbus blue jackets. Then they'll have some, a few days off. So here are the things I'm taking out of this. Something I didn't mention in that Detroit red wings game 
is that there was there was a lineup shakeup. Blake Wheeler was put on right wing one. Kapalkaka was put on right wing three. Oh God, the line changes again. But there is a bit more context to it. It's not necessarily Gerard Gallant like, oh, you're not getting the job done. I'm switching it up. The New York Rangers five on five. I mean, I'm looking at Money Puck right now. They're 25th overall in expected goals. That's not gonna cut it. But defensively, they do the get the job done. They're not getting completely outplayed. It's more so that they're not getting the job done in the offensive zone. And you look at the analytics for Capo Caco. He's phenomenal defensively, but where he struggles in is creating opportunities. And I'm going to try to bring up this tweet right here. Where Galant, no, not Galant, Laviolette commented on the line changes. Laviolette said that this wasn't a demotion for Kako. It wasn't necessarily a work ethic thing. It's more of a top line thing, how they're not getting points. You know, Kako has only two points in the season, but Kreider and Zabanjad have a lot, especially Kreider on the power play. But again, that's the power play. That line in general just isn't getting it done. So part of me wonders, maybe Kreider and Zabanjad, they're great friends, but maybe they necessarily shouldn't be on the line together. Maybe it shouldn't just be Kako getting shuffled around the mix. But at the same time, I am a little concerned about Kapo Kako. Again, nothing bad to say about his defensive play. But offensively, he's not getting... He's not creating points. He's doing great on the boards, but no one's scoring on his setups, and he isn't scoring himself. He looks, I think I've said this before, he looks a little robotronic in the offensive zone, like he's kind of thinking too much, and I feel like that's been a problem with him. And if we want to shatter all the bust conversation around him, he's got to step it up. Give a look at Alexi Lafreniere. He stepped He's answering the challenge. He's averaging right now, if I'm not mistaken, about a point every other game. You know, not ama- not amazing, but for the most part, he's getting the job done. He's starting to find himself in this league. Capo Caco needs to turn his defensive game into something positive on the offense. I mean, in the Minnesota game, the goal that Chris Kreider scored to tie, they took Caco off that line and put and Laviolette put the hot hand out there. He put out Artemi Panarin, and if I remember correctly, Panarin did get an assist that game. So he's got to figure it out there. I want this kid to succeed so badly. He does work very hard, but he needs to have confidence in himself. He needs to like take some, take some chances on offense. So that's one thing I take out of this game. The second thing I'm taking out of this game is... I think we're getting the best version of Jacob Truba we've ever gotten as a New York Ranger. He's taken a lot of crap from the fan base the past few years and not saying all of it's unwarranted, especially with that contract. But this is the most comfortable I've seen him as a Ranger. And Laviolette had this to say about Truba after the game. He's been unbelievable. He's a really key... He's been unbelievable. I mean, he's played such a really good game for us, a steady game. He and Key, Keandre Miller, have been outstanding. They put up tough minutes on a nightly basis. I think that as a pair, they've done a really good job. Jacob's done a really good job as a leader. A lot of people criticize that choice in captain. I mean, now you know why. He's been 
great as a leader. He's been a great mentor for Keandre Miller, and he hasn't. He's been playing a solid game on defense, and it's not necessarily sexy, but he's doing the most important thing a defenseman can do: keep limit scoring opportunities. Third and finally, to go back to the Carolina Hurricane, you know, what, what better place to wrap up than the beginning? I touched on it briefly. The response by the team was after Aho Hurt Fox was beautiful. I'm not just talking about, you know, how Truba said, oh, Aho should answer the bell. If, if I have to answer the bell for clean hits, but Lafreniere was like yelling at the Hurricanes bench all night. Like he was going out with Aho. Andre Svechnikov stepped in, you know, to protect Aho. And it's the complete opposite of what happened with in the Toronto Maple Leafs game against the Boston Bruins earlier this week. You know, it for those of you who aren't aware, Brad Marchand, you know, went to battle in the corner with Lilligren, if I think that's his name, on the Leafs. They kind of takes his legs out from under him. He goes feet first in the boards. Now he's out for a few months. So what did the Leafs do? Not much. The only one, do, if anyone trying, only player trying to do anything is Ryan Reeves just yelling on the bench at Brad Marchand. And Tyler Bertuzzi, a former Bruin, is just laughing at the chirping. Your, your friend is your brother out there, like your team, your brotherhood. Your, your, your friend just got injured, is getting carried off the ice, and you're just sitting there laughing as this at the guy who injured him. That doesn't cut it. I mean, that shouldn't cut it. You could say the league's kind of gone soft now. Listen, they're still fighting in this league for a reason. And Lafreniere would not let Ajo forget about that. Sure, Ajo didn't drop his gloves and answer the bell like a real man. But he let him and he let Ajo and the Hurricanes know, we're not forgetting about this. And I hope that calendar is circled for January 2nd at Madison Square Garden in the Rangers locker room. They'll have Fox back by then, by the looks of it. Laviolette shot down any possibility that Fox is out for the year, which should rule out Patrick Kane. I'm, tar- I'm tired of Patrick Kane rumors. With what money do you expect to sign him? If they, oh, the money we get from Fox going on long-term IR, okay, that means we're not getting Fox back for the rest of the year. I don't. I do not want that. I'd much rather have a healthy Adam Fox than the mystery box and Patrick Kane, who's coming off that surgery. I think, if I'm not mistaken, the same surgery Nicholas Backstrom of the Capitals had, and now he's out. He took a leaf of absence from the game. It's not worth that risk. Have faith in the guys you have in this lineup now. So hopefully Fox, we get Fox back in like maybe two to four, three to four weeks. Four to... It's very one thing that's annoying about these 
injuries in the NHL, how vague they are, upper body, lower body. I get that they're trying to protect that. I get they're trying to protect players in the sense that, oh, if an opponent who's dirty knows about it, they could possibly try to re-injure it. But at the same time, I just want to know when he's going to come back. Maybe that's greedy of me. I mean, you know what else is greedy? Getting, let's see, 15 out of a possible 16 points in this eight-game stretch. I mean, the Rangers look like a completely different team since that game against Nashville. I mean, other than a bad, bad 40 minutes in Minnesota and maybe two incidences tonight or two egregious incidents tonight, the Rangers are very, the Rangers are very good. And there's still room for improvement. And I think that's kind of scary if you're an opponent of the Rangers or a division rival. Because at the time of this recording, like I'm going to put this out in the morning. At the time of this recording, the Devils are playing the Avalanche. They're up, the Avalanche are up 2 1. The Devils are going through injuries of their own. They don't have Heeshear, they don't have Jack Hughes. These teams are both face both those teams are facing some adversity. They're both bitten by the injury bug right now. Now it's up to them to not falter. It's up to both of them to bend and not break. Hey Rangers. Don't break. Stand strong. And I gotta say, with the new coaching staff, I mean how how many times am I gonna freaking to Peter Lafayette's horn in this episode. I'm way less concerned about the injuries under Lafayette than I am than I will be with Galat. Because Peter Lafayette's guiding this team. He's got a system. He's given them structure. And you know what? They might just weather this storm. No pun intended, because it's a storm that the Carolina Hurricanes created. So, yeah, who knows? The Devils could possibly come back. I mean, Colorado's, you know, the Colorado Avalanche, you know how good they are. But let's see what next week brings us. I'll catch you guys next Wednesday. This is Jackknife. Have a wonderful night, everyone.